0: Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better.
1: And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pie. Welcome to episode 32. We have a very special guest back by popular demand. I think there was an internet uh, campaign to get him back onto Real Trail Talk. Welcome, Ben from Going Solo. Hello. So Ben was on the Hike Your Own Hike roundtable that we had, and we brought him back to give a kind of different perspective to what will be a very angry Don episode um, on the Billman track doing Northcliffe to Walpole yeah
0: I think I've signposted this is where I'm gonna really let loose yeah so,
1: <laughs> so we've liquored uh, Don up a little bit so his tongue's very loose
0: <laughs> there was there was a bit of a spill incident yeah he's, he's tried to spill so. <laughs> everything
1: but we'll Get into it, and we'll talk about Northcliffe as a track town. So I think we've already given our opinions on the previous Billman Track episode. Yep. But Ben, do you want to give us your thoughts on Northcliffe as a track town?
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's a nice little town with a pub, uh, but that's essentially it. <laughs> I think there's, there's a little there's a little dam you can you walk along if you come in from the north. Uh, there's a couple of little shops, and there's uh, I think an outdoor art display behind the visitor center yeah uh, you know well worth a stay overnight if you're going through there but I probably wouldn't book a second night <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> okay cool <laughs> I think that's a very fair rating
1: <laughs> yeah um, so both of you guys am I correct that you did this as a section to section hike Cliff to Walpole
2: uh, yeah I did uh, Cliff to Albany actually okay,
0: cool. um, I just did North Cliff to Walpole and I did that in autumn. When did you do yours?
2: Uh, I did mine around Easter, so spring. No. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Autumn. <laughs> He's already got so his I'm already in the, the Northern, Northern Hemisphere, hemisphere yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so the first day we'll start off Northcliffe to Gardiner and starting off along that railway track that has that famous sign where it points you towards what Ben would have been Albany, how many X kilometres
2: away? 335. It looked Yay. very daunting on day one. <laughs> there
1: you go. Um, so what's the walking like on day one, guys?
2: It's fairly easy. Uh, It's quite a flat walk all the way uh, to Gardner Shelter. You start, you you do a couple of hundred metres on the old railway track that uh, used to run through town. And then essentially you follow the Gardner River, I think you cross it once, maybe more.
0: I think maybe twice, I'm not sure. There's Definitely once, there's definitely that bridge.
2: There's quite a few very nice little footbridges which are great places for rests. Mm. Um, Really, really little picturesque spots. Uh, you go through some rural properties, some farms, kind of along the edge of those, uh, and then you delve into into the carry Forest. Mm. So it was really pleasant first days walking after a you know a four and a half hour drive down from Perth.
0: I I think it was <laughs> I think oh it boy. was it was okay. <laughs> here we go. Um, but part of it is I feel the track alignment here is a bit rubbish. Okay, I I will give complete concessions to getting out of town. I think that that's fine you don't have a lot of options it's going to have to cross roads and things like that. It's going to go through farms that's fine that doesn't bother me but what annoyed me about it was that the gardener river is just there but a lot of time is spent not along the gardener you're just kind of walking on that four wheel drive track which is i think a theme for this section it's not it's not terrible and especially i was i was quite open-minded because it was the first day and also because Gardiner campsite had been, you know, completely burnt down, I was accepting of the fact that it looks a bit like it's been burnt down very recently. But I
1: didn't find it, you know,
0: it wouldn't make me make me want to go. Oh, I want to go back to Gardiner again.
2: Hmm. It suddenly um, doesn't fill me with that I kind think of thing. A thing we
1: have to preface this episode with the 2015 North Cliff fires that basically devastated a large part of the state. Yeah and it's not going to be as it was pre-bushfire. So yeah. I think that has a major factor in kind of both of your experiences on this. So, I mean, it, it's, we'll say that's not the best section, but it is because of natural bushfires.
0: Well, my, my thing is the alignment could be better as well. So I will completely give concessions to the fact that there's fires, but I, there's a lot of, like... Um, If you turn left here you will get to views of the river just make it go along the river you know this is my my feeling because it's it's just you're just heading along a road it just feels like very much and it's the thing that i feel a lot about this section of the track that you're going from nice to outstanding campsites with quite boring walking in between
2: but there are there are patches of uh, beauty, particularly where you, where you intersect the river here and there. It's like a nice little reward every hour or so when you come across it. Yeah. <laughs> um. I can I can see where you're coming from, but I quite liked. Uh. I I I don't hate four-wheel drive tracks because they're very easy walking, and you get to look up, which is something you often don't get to do on a um on a just a foot trail. Mm. And I did a little bit. Of it, kind of on the river where we went down and just splashed through the water for a hundred meters or something. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Mm.
1: Now I've seen someone post a photo before, and it must have been south of Northcliffe of a boarding house bridge style bridge. Did you guys see that when you were on the Billman, or is that not located on the Billman? There's like a
0: little um. There's like a, from the hut. There's like a little area you can go explore the river, and there's like a wooden. There's like a, a log across,
1: but it's not oh, yeah. a bridge in the sense It's really
2: just a fallen log. It's not engineered in the way that the boarding house bridge is.
1: Okay. I might have to go back and try to find that, because he was adamant that it was around Northcliffe, but it looked exactly like boarding house bridge. I think he's mistaken. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. excellent. Um, so you mentioned there's carry forest in there, so it can't be too bad of a day of walking.
0: No, Don? It's okay. It's very burnt, carry Forest. It's it's it will recover. I think carry unlike Jarrow recovers much nicer. And I think this. I would say this is an acceptable day of of walking.
2: It's not the most impressive patch of carry Forest along the track by a long way. Mm. Oh
1: okay. yeah, but the the campsite at Gardner is quite nice, and it is one of the, it was your first uh, coming across the rammed earth. Um, style huts, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: I think it was. I think that was the first rammed earth hut that I stayed at, and it's good. You know, some people don't like them. I think that there's a bit of conservatism in there as well as um, and personal taste. But I don't have a problem with them. How about yourself, ben?
2: Um I like. I understand the necessity of the design. I agree. They don't really have the character of the timber huts. But maybe once we have some twenty or thirty year old rammed earth huts, they will. Mm. Um, but any any hut with running water next to it is a nice hut, and garden is no exception. Mm. And
1: yeah. yeah, I guess uh, the test of the rammed earth style will be when a bushfire comes through, and it will you know answer that question: Are they going to stand up to a fire, and will they be easily rebuilt? Whether you just put a new roof on and that's it, a new tank. But yeah, I definitely agree that they don't have the character of the, the older wooden-style ones. But I definitely think, because this one is a non lup style shelter, they are suited to the non lup style Do you guys I think, agree?
0: I think it would be nice to see one as a deep south. I'd love to see a deep south.
2: I agree. Is that the one with bunks? Yes. Yeah, I'd like that.
0: Because I think that would actually be nice. I think it would look cool,
2: um, but get to be seen, because we've never seen one yet. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like the um, the windows that they put in the Um, in the rammed earth shelters, it's almost like they are only two-sided shelters, unlike three-sided shelters. And so if it's blowing a gale, it really gets deep in there and you can't escape it. Whereas in the three-sided shelters, the wooden ones, as long as the wind isn't coming straight into the hut, which it really is because they're oriented away from the prevailing winds, um, then you're not too bad. But you kind of can't escape it in a lot of the rammed earth ones.
0: Yeah, and because the the normal up ones have like half walls on the other side, so you're always getting... You know, like basically the equivalent of three walls because you get half a wall on the other two sides. Whereas this, as you say, you're quite right. It is like a window and it's much more open.
1: So that's a kind of a, a yay kind of. Eh. Yeah. Wait and see. Yeah. A, a walk out of town kind of uh, day. So we'll move on to day two. And the finish of the day is quite good, but to get there is kind of. Okay. Okay. More of the
2: okay. Would you. Uh, no, I just... You agree, like uh, it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your introduction to the Pingerup Plains. It's a very different environment to, uh, you know, the carry Forest or the Jarrah Forest that you would have come from if you've come from Perth. Um, it's much more wide open territory with big sky and uh, swamp bottle brush everywhere, low-lying. It'll be inundated in winter and spring. Um, kind of sandy soil but still firm so it's easy to walk on and you kind of drift through these big open plains with kind of patches of carry forest every here, here and there, which are like islands because they're usually a little a little hill where it's slightly higher ground where the carry grow, mm. um, which is normally where you stop for a break. And um, you can usually move quite quickly through those sections because the ground is so flat and forgiving.
0: So I think... So this was the first multi-day walk I'd done after the overland track. <laughs> so that that really clouded my, my view of this section because I looked at it and I was like... So a friend of ours, did here. he said, oh, the Pingra planes are beautiful. You'll love it. And I got there and I was so disappointed because oh, I just yeah. found them really, compared to button grass planes, I found it really boring. I mean, I liked the bottle brush and I think that this is probably the only section of the track that I think is better to walk in uh, autumn because of the bottle brush. Like it's quite mm. spectacular to see, but there's just so much of the same. Like I felt it becomes very repetitive and I didn't enjoy it because I, I found it very much the same the whole way through. And a lot of it is on the same road that you're on. So basically, once you leave the farmland on the first day, you're following this four-wheel drive track for the whole time. And I guess part of this is is the philosophy and the what the judgment of is of, of a good track. Because I think we probably have a difference of opinion on that. Would you um, say, like... That's yeah. why we brought Ben here? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, for me, it's all about, like... As we'll talk about in the next podcast, when we talk about Frenchman's Cap, there were two days that were basically, to me, five-star days. And there's very few five-star days for me on the on the Bibbleman because there's a lot of compromise. There's a lot of days that are more about getting... Like, a, this section, to me, really annoys me because it's very much from getting from point A to point B to get to outstanding campsites but the walking itself isn't as good as the campsites.
2: I think that's maybe part of a reality of walking a much longer trail. Yeah. If you're going to try and engineer a thousand kilometre trail, you're going to have to make more compromises than a 70 kilometre trail or something like that.
0: And that's something that I realised about myself. Like walking this track, I was like, no, you're not that person who enjoys the really long track because you'd rather have an uncompromised trail than something that's compromised.
2: You just want to go straight to dessert.
1: Well no, well, no, I want the meat, That's what I want. <laughs> well, what he's saying is he wants to move to Tassie. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, the
0: thing is, you're quite right. Like If you think about the, the tracks that are famous for being outstanding scenery, they're probably a week or less, right? But the long tracks are much longer, and there's always going to be compromise days that you're going to have to kind of take into account.
2: I compare it to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know, it's like 12 hours long. There's a lot of really slow, boring bits. But then you get to the cool (laughs) battle scenes and it's all worth it. And if you didn't have all that build-up, it wouldn't be quite the same.
1: That's actually a very good way of putting it. Because, yeah, I mean, as you say, there are some amazing campsites on this section. But to get there, there is the compromise. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I think the comparison I'd make with Frenchman's Cap, which we'll talk about in two weeks' time... (laughs) is that it was hard going to get from hut to hut, but the scenery was outstanding and that made it worth the effort beyond the fact of of the destination. I think for me, I'm very much about the journey, not the destination. And I found that this walk was about the destination less than the the journey.
2: Mm. Well, it's, it's a mentality thing. It depends whether or not you can, you know, you're comfortable putting up with some, you know, quote unquote, boring sections. I... I don't mind them, I just put in the earphones and chug along and yeah. I, I quite like the um you know not having to think for a while. That's what I like about forward drive tracks is just getting to plow along and not worry about whether you're stepping on something, whether you're going to trip over um and then you you know and you get that change and I like that that variety i guess in terms of terrain and, and interestingness it's you need the peaks and valleys personally, but yeah mm. i
0: think that that's I think that's key to whether you agree with me or ben with this section is that as we talked about in the um hike your on hike round table is that you know i'm like chasing the dragon for for quality scenery but then you're going to do the pct you know like you're you you like these long tracks
2: that's true there's, there's a lot of road sections on the pct <laughs> yeah but there's also some of the most beautiful landscapes in america so it's yeah you know you got to earn it that's what i like about yeah. it maybe i see it as like a, a ch- personal challenge you you got to earn these beautiful views and these beautiful campsites and that makes them all the more rewarding yeah uh, but maybe you just have to be a bit of a masochist like me to enjoy that
1: <laughs> yeah, i'm kind of with you on this one ben like you can't have it 10 out of 10 the whole way like you have to have some sections where you battle and i think this is probably one of them but it was a bit of a question for you here, Don. What were you expecting going into this section? Because that's probably key to probably yeah. why you're feeling this way.
0: So a lot of people said to me, this was their favorite section of the whole track. And I looked at it and I went, are you serious? Are you serious? Because, you know, to me, if I want to talk about sections of the track that I actually think are outstanding, you know, Walpole to Denmark is outstanding. Bailing Up to... Pemberton, I think, is outstanding. Like, Mm. I think you could hold it up. I I personally feel walking through the Carrie Forest through that section or doing the very varied Walpole to Denmark section that holds up really well against other tracks in other states as a seven day hike or eight day hike. Whereas this just did not hold up to me, especially I think coming after the Overland, where it, you know, as you're saying about like, can you have 100% all the time? no you can't get 100% all the time but you can get you know you can get 80% all the time on the oval end and this was yeah, there were days that I would say were like 20% I
1: mean you quoted in your blog post that the Billman track actually describes this as one of the like wilderness experiences on the track
0: yeah and And it's not
1: it's not yeah
0: you know like when you so I say the difference is when you climb cradle and you look around you don't see a world beyond cradle yes you see the overland track yes you see the huts but you only see a world that is national park just like in when you're in uh, fitzgerald river you just see national park this you're constantly seeing reminders that this is not a wild place you're seeing you know they say oh this is the most remote and wilderness section on
1: roads most of the time that's why you don't see any other roads because you're on a road the whole time uh, we'll uh, calm Don down a bit and we'll get to, <laughs> to Lake Maring up one of the most beautiful campsites on the track um, according to most people mm. um, how did you guys find your stay there?
2: Uh, the approach is beautiful um, so you do what, is it 16 Ks or something like that from the previous shelter um, and you the last 2 Ks is really nice, you come out of the plains and you come into these groves of enormous carry trees uh, then you go up a little hill and you get to the and you see the lake, and then you go down it a bit more and you get to the shelter, which is on a four-wheel drive track, which is covered in bark and stuff, and surrounded by these enormous uh, trees. And the lake is right there, and you can go down and and um, have a dip in it, which we did. But it was it was very silty when we were in there, and I'm told there were <laughs> leeches in there as well. But we're a bit gross, so we wanted to do it anyway. Um, yeah, but beautiful shelter, definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah, I think it's. It would be easily top five campsite on the Bibbleman. Would you agree, Ben? Uh
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would.
0: It's it's just so beautiful and that to me made it's one of those things that made me go, Okay, well, I haven't enjoyed The Walking, but I'll I'll give you this. This campsite is amazing. It is just so beautiful in that forest. Um and like one of our friends did here he stayed two nights there and I can see why, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's just one of those places that, you know, like as I always often say, like the long way is better, is that this is the place you can only get to on foot. And it is one of those places that is great to discover as you're hiking. And I think coming from being quite bored with the walking and then as you say, like that lead in is just, you start seeing the carry trees and it's it starts, you know, Surrounding you with this this grandeur, and we saw emus as we were walking in, so it was actually, you know, quite an eventful walk into the campsite. And then, where it's located, you couldn't have picked a better place, I reckon.
2: Yeah, totally. It's just a beautiful spot.
1: Yeah, and one thing the Billman Track Foundation doesn't tell you about is the pea hunting hut that is located <laughs> nearby yes. oh, on yeah. the other side of the lake. Yeah. Um, was it you that had the interesting story about that, or was no? That I read it. Else? I read it in ah, the book that's right, yeah.
0: that this they found like a pig's head just sawed off and left by the ju- trail junction, and just blood everywhere. And then they walked to that hut, and people like had chainsaws and were cutting down the trees around there to make <laughs> oh a bonfire. God, oh yeah. Jesus, yeah, uh, it's pig hunters. For me. <laughs> I'd say the problem I have with the Bibbleman Track in this section is that. I think that the Bibbleman is probably at its best in springtime for most of its length. But this section is the bit where you often get a diversion because it gets flooded. And that to me is a big problem. I think it's something that they need to find a more permanent solution for it. Because to do this section and miss out on seeing Lake up, I think it would be a real letdown. You know you the track goes to places like the valley of the giants or it goes to the uh the Gloucester tree but this particular place is something that no one really knows about i didn't really know about it before getting there and it's just as spectacular but you don't get to go there in springtime it just is closed and that to me is a terrible outcome for the track if you're walking it at that time of year
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to do it in autumn, so I didn't have that issue, but it would be a big problem if that were the case. Mm. Mm. And
1: precisely why I've booked this in for early June, just so I don't get all those diversions, but I mean, especially the last two to three years, we've had really wet winters and wet springs. Certainly is a bit of a downer if you're coming from overseas or over east and you're doing this track wanting to experience it in full And this area is quite susceptible to diversions, yeah. um, especially spring slash summer this year, where they put in, what was it, a 60-odd kilometre diversion through um, because of bushfires or prescribed burns. So, I mean, it is an issue, but again, it's a free track. We don't have the resources to put in a permanent solution right now. Yep. So I think we'll probably wait till the end of the podcast to discuss how this area could be improved. Yeah. So we'll move on to day three. Um, Don, I know you woke up to a a lovely sunrise. Ben, how was your your waking up on on the morning
2: of day three? Yeah, the same. It was just beautiful. Uh, I think Bonnie and I walked down to the lake's edge just to watch the sun come up. Yeah. Maybe Bonnie did, and I was lazy. I can't remember but anyway, <laughs> it was still very pretty, regardless of what happened um and it was it's just a, the carry forest is beautiful in the morning, a bit misty, kind of the 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 canopy is just getting dappled with the golden sunlight it's really really
1: nice
2: mm. I mean I mean <laughs> we talked about the
1: great campsites, but the the day walking here not super fantastic it, it's at least for John. okay. It's, it's not sound okay. Yeah. Like, I
0: really like the carry Forest bits.
2: Um, it's, it's funny because there's a bit where you follow forward drive track for a bit, but it's really dense. It's surrounded on both sides yeah. by really high vegetation, so it does feel a bit wild. But then there's these duckboards, which I don't understand, which are yeah. like, they'll traverse a bit, you know, and then there'll be another 500 metres of nothing, and then there'll be like a duckboard for 100 metres. And I'm like, if this area is inundated, like... What is the point in being dry for hundred meters when you're <laughs> just gonna be? There is no way you are escaping that water. Yeah, sh- shake oh,
1: yeah. your boots out. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they make
2: in 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 autumn. They're made for a great space to um, stop and have a break because you can use them as a seat. Yeah, mm. that's a good idea. Yeah, but not really what they're intended for, think, but whatever.
0: I think to start with, it's it's good because you get you know you get a good mix on this day. You get carry Forest, and then you get up plains sort of you know that that grasses with the the swamp bottle brush and you're quite right like it it doesn't make any sense that there's boardwalk for a little bit and then there's a not because you're pretty much going to be walking through because you can see the mud like it's got boot prints still from the the spring before so this area would get flooded but there's just bits of boardwalk and you just think well why bother why just not just do the whole thing
2: because I do wonder what those poor trail maintenance volunteers <laughs> thought they were achieving when they put that in. No, I'm sorry if they're listening to this and they're like,
1: oh. you actually." Have, I think you have to provide a little hope <laughs> every now and then. And it's just that 100 meters of, oh, this is okay. And yeah. then you get straight back into it. Yep. yep, yep. For 100
2: meters, I'm not going to have trench
0: foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think John Chapman, when because he, he walked this when it just opened, and he said, and this is a guy who was hardcore he said that, like, two and a half Ks straight of walking through flooded sections is too much. <laughs> well,
1: because people talk about two to three days of walking through this section flooded is yeah, yeah, a life-changing experience. So, like,
0: walking with Wyatt, you know, quite a famous hiker, she did this section, and she got to a point where she just went, this is terrible. Like I'm, and she did the diversion around from Lake Maringap. so and was walking along roads that were flooded, and just said, like, I've reached my, my like, wit's end with this stuff. It's just too much. Yeah,
1: I understand. <laughs> and we're coming up to the Pindarup Plains, which everyone who's ever researched or done the Billman always thinks of flooding. Mm. I mean, you guys got to experience them when they were dry. Is it a lot better than what people describe? Or is it just kind of flat? Non, non, what would you call it? Flooded vegetation. Just acceptable.
2: Um, well, yeah, it is very flat. It's You can see a, a really long way, which is kind of rare on the track. You can see where you're going to be in 15 minutes. Um, and you you get a weird sense of how fast you're moving as a human being because there's these little islands of Jarrah and stuff and you see them moving through your field of vision as you as you follow the track along um which is something you're not used to if you'd come well if you come from either direction you probably wouldn't have seen it before where you it's like you almost sense the earth turning underneath your feet (laughs) as you're going through it which is something i found really cool um and it's you know it's very exposed it's often very overgrown because the the flora on the plains is very fast growing and very prickly and it often overwhelms the track but you just charge through it and it's you know, I met a hiker at um, Dog Pool who had come the other direction, who'd just been through a whole day of bashing through that stuff, and she absolutely hated it and was miserable. Um, but I think it's a it's about partly mentality, but also just how lucky you are and and how well you're doing any hike. She was she was covered in blisters and was you mm. know f- you know in pain, and that probably changed her outlook on it a bit. Whereas I was. Only three days in, feeling very fresh, very happy with how it was going, mm. um, was managing my knee problems pretty well uh, and was just enjoying myself. So it's it really depends on your outlook.
0: I think the weather plays a big part. So oh, yeah. when we were there for this section, it was sunny and I hated it because it's just open and boring looking. And it's just, I think less so on this day, but later on, probably the next few days, when you get to Pingarup Plains, they do seem endless. But on this day, it's just really pockets between the forest. And there's a lot more forest on this day than it does get later on.
2: Mm.
0: And also there were things where it looked like exciting things were in this direction to the right of the track or to the left of the track at certain points. I remember there was a bit where there was these granite domes. And I thought, oh, that would be awesome. I think we're going to go there. No, we're not. We're just going to go through this burnt Jarrah forest instead. And that really bothered me because it felt like I was just in Kalamunda again rather than in something different and new. Because, you know, when people talk about this section as being quite unique and different, what people forget is that there's a lot of Jarrah here. And if you're not a fan of Jarrah walking, you're not going to like the Jarrah here. Are you
2: a fan of Jarrah walking, Donald? I'm, I'm not sure.
0: I'm no. not a fan of Jarrah walking. Oh, no way. I don't think we've ever covered this before. Wow. <laughs> yes, Please tell I'm, us more. I've never mentioned this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, because the, the Jarrah in the rock Plains is really stunted looking. It doesn't really... It looks like the stuff near Collie. It doesn't look like the Jarrah that you get in the hills where maybe it's a bit bigger. Like you're not going to find Dwelling Up style Jarrah or the Jarrah that's near Swamp Oak or in the transitional forest between Bailing Up and Don Lee River. You're going to get that really stunted, ugly, sandy soil Jarrah. So I was really frustrated through a lot of that. Mm.
2: But, I we, mean, should, the, we should request the BDF to, you know, plant some nicer jarrah there. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> transplant all the sandy soil and just get some nice loamy clay soil. Where yeah, exactly. Grow, like, nice and tall and provide Don with shade. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Is that so much to ask?
1: Yeah, that won't cost anything at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, let's ask the Forest Products Commission to get in there and do that for oh, you, Oh, yeah. Because they love planting trees. They, they do, yeah. Yeah. Straight after clearing. (laughs) Um, But the area, like the national park that you do walk through, which I'll ask you to pronounce, Don, because I can't. Don Trecastle. That one. Um, It (laughs) is known to be quite wild. And, like, you're up the top of Mount Chalup and you can see the islands of forest. Surely that would be more interesting to walk through. No? It's Okay. Like, do you not get that sense of, like, wilderness you're No, because no? you
0: see roads so much. No. There's so much roads. It's just... That's the thing. is because... See, the, the problem with, with WA is that because it's flat, you can build roads easily. Whereas in Tassie, they just wouldn't build a road because it's too hard. So you see roads all the time, and that, that bothered me a lot. Um, and this section isn't so bad, but towards the end of the section you start entering what I consider the Nadir of the Bilberman track when you join Dog Pool Road. And it's just roads for like 20Ks. Oh, that
2: was my favourite. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> what, what podcast were you listening to? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. no. Um,
1: so you mentioned Dog Pool Road, which is kind of the lead into the Dog Pool campsite. Um, I guess you could compare it to when you get to just before Tom Road. And you just think, we're almost there, almost there, but then yeah, you've it's got a, a, like l- that. That. a lot it of road walking well. to go yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. So not the favourite for both of you, I'm guessing. Well, you
2: feel like you're moving slower. because When you're on a wider road, you feel like you're moving slower because the things tend to move slower in your field of vision. When you're on a narrow track, it feels like you're blitzing. Yeah, like, mm. And uh,
0: unfortunately, the track is burnt. You know, like, as you say, the North Flip fires just ruined this area. And, like, there's a lot of people who say dog pool was one of their favorite campsites on the track and it's just not as beautiful as it used to be tom road on walk along a road that you know dog pool is quite nice it, it you, you do feel like oh where are, when, when are we going to get there but it's nice carry forest but this mm. is just burnt carry forest
2: mm. that's what you save your best playlists for see i don't have playlists because i I just want to i
0: want to experience it like unfiltered you need like you want
2: to experience that unfiltered having just trash talked it yeah well i I like to
0: experience all hikes unfiltered (laughs) okay and so like these boring parts i think are probably more accentuated
2: as a result i I don't think you you lose anything from the experience by you know rocking some tunes for that section i think we played i just had my phone on in my pocket and i put on some terrible 80s music i think it was um total eclipse of the heart by bonnie <laughs> and bonnie and i were just walking along just rocking out just singing along and you know it's just it's just like a long road trip you yeah. just gotta that's the time to break exactly. out the m&ms and the and the music
1: the m&m music or the, M&M's? No, M&M's, <laughs> M&M, music. <laughs> oh, the m&m music i like
2: m&m you know yeah. it's all good yeah
1: i think this is where you're going wrong in your hiking don you need more music in the I like to just be in the present. No. Yeah, but you can do that and play some Lord of the Rings symphony. And then it just makes I, yeah. everything more grander. But I
0: want to experience it, I don't know, like uninfluenced by other things. And there's been times when I've done walks where I've just gone, that's amazing. But like, I think, I, like, you're right. If you put on headphones, you maybe will enjoy these boring parts more. But you don't know that they're boring as they are (laughs) because you've got something else to distract you. Whereas I'd like to know that it's boring because I have a baseline and I can see... You know, I've been to places where it is not boring for 20Ks. Wow. And
1: this
2: just is boring. We're getting a real insight into the mind of Donovan D'Souza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually good
1: because then Don goes and writes all of his uh, blog posts yeah. and we know which sections are the boring ones that we put in uh, our headphones. <laughs> Mark, you are going to absolutely
2: love this section having had Donovan just I know. drive your expectations through the floor. There's no way you can underestimate it. Exactly. you just be like, oh, this is okay.
1: I'll just do dog pool road and be like, cool, podcast in, music in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting to the campsites, so. But I will say,
0: dog pool campsite again, nice campsite.
2: Nice campsite. Also rammed earth, also burnt down. Um, kind of overcleared around it, as which is a criticism of all the rammed earth shelters. Yep. But uh nice little brook running through there, which I'm told is a raging torrent in winter. Yep. It was a bit of a stagnant pool when we were there, but we still... I got half in, Bonnie got all the way in. Um, yeah, really nice, really nice spot.
0: We had cascades. We washed off. It was nice, you know. Like it's nice to get clean on a hike.
2: Any campsite with running water is a good campsite.
1: Agree. And am I correct in saying this is the campsite where they have the bridge that everyone really hates?
2: Yeah, it's a big engineered steel bridge with no character whatsoever. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's a fair... So that's a what you've got to do. It's a long span. Yeah. I can see why a, a nice rustic timber bridge would just be impractical.
0: But it does have probably the most deluxe toilet. Like, I remember people saying, why is there a wheelchair-accessible toilet?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Brookton's got a wheelchair-accessible <laughs> toilet, but that hut is wheelchair-accessible. <laughs> yeah, um, this is not. <laughs> yeah. It's,
1: Possum Springs has it, too. Like, I walked into it, I was like, why is there a handrail? Who's going yeah. to need a handrail? Th- I think it's, hand a, it's a
0: government, like requirement oh, oh,
2: if there's a bad enough storm you'd be better off <laughs> just sleeping in that thing because yeah. it's, yeah. it's got four walls <laughs> it's, it's, it's massive yeah and i'm not kidding
0: and it's like the most delu- you know you compare it to the normal toilets in the track and it's so deluxe it doesn't need to be but they must have like some rule where it must be dda yeah. compliant mm-hmm. no i
1: actually think they're they're better for the track especially if you get to a, a hut or a campsite where it's really crowded and you need just a, a place to change or do something like that and you don't want to do it in a tent or yep. in your sleeping bag or something i enjoy it for that quality but yeah they're definitely over-engineered in that sense
2: you walk into the toilet and there's a man with a bow tie going hello we yeah. have a seat right <laughs> here for you <laughs> I'll
1: grab a warm towel for you sir <laughs> it's, uh, mint, like a mint. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
1: so dog pool we've kind of agreed good campsite yeah yep. Great
2: yeah. campsite. There's all no right.
0: bad campsites in the
1: section, really. Except,
0: no, they're all good, yeah. I mean, I think Woolbells is the least good, and it's still what? okay. It's
2: oh, still maybe the, the hut itself. Anyway, we'll get to that. Let's, yeah. let's wait for yeah, yeah. we we'll get to
1: that. Okay, so we'll go the next day. Dog pulled a Mount Chance. <sighs> Don, Don, you've got one word. Go. Nadir. Okay, Ben, <laughs> we'll allow you some more time. What do you
2: think about this, <laughs> this section? Dog pulled Mount Chance. Yeah, it's not the best. Um, the first, what is it, nearly 10Ks is all wide road. Yep. Yeah.
0: Marin Road, the worst bit of the whole Bibbulmun track.
2: Dun, 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 dun. Which, mm,
1: but the Bibbulmun track actually acknowledged this in the workshop that we went to.
0: Probably because I emailed them and said how much <laughs> I hated it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it says in the book that it's not that great, but it, you know, it is what it is. No,
0: I think I think the book actually tries to sell it as one of the flat sections. <laughs> you
2: know, like... Well, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's very exposed. I would hate to do it on a really stinking hot day because there's no shade. Um... But, again, you know, earphones in, power on.
1: Yeah. I mean, Don, you have specific criticisms about this road because there are sections on the map that you can see next to the road that may be more interesting.
0: Yeah, so, like, as as a cruel twist of fate, there's, they're like, there are rapids on the Gardner River just nearby the track. Like, if you walked a K off the track, you would see rapids. Instead, you have to walk through stunted Jarrah Forest for... A very long time yes there's some nice carry on there and but there's just so much that could be done here (laughs) and you just spend so long on it and i saw like a post from a victorian who came over and like they got to Woolbells, and they said i really don't like the bibelman track because of how much of this is on roads and it just seems so much of it was done for expedient's sake rather than thinking about the experience so the walking along Marin Road is, to me, like, the least good. It To me, like, to, so I'll put it this way. I hated it so much that, you know, when the Bibbulmun track refers to itself as a world-class walk, I was like, no, no. <laughs> like, that, this, this, to me, is not world-class. This is oh, terrible. This is, like, no better than, like, some of the walks Shire of Kalamundapur where they just put some signs up on a on a um, management track and say it's a it's a trail. This is not world class. But it has the potential to be world class. And there's just so much that could be done here to make it a better experience for hikers so that it could be world class. But it's not right now. And to say that it's world class is a lie. Oh,
1: yeah. so, Outright yeah. lie. So we're not being too negative on this podcast, where would the improvements come that would be practical to do?
0: A realignment through here, so you're not spending the whole time on a road. Okay. It's unacceptable that you spend this much time on a road. Unacceptable. Unacceptable because <laughs> if you're t- if you're telling people that this is a great a great track, and you tell people that Western Australia is really good to visit. In the springtime and it is i love when you drive through perth and you see the wildflowers you go like why did they plant these ugly plants the rest of the year and you see it and it's just like it is stunning to drive down the freeway this is an area that could be stunning and you know the whole track is stunning up to this point even even like the boring jarrah forest is nice at this time of year comparable to Ooh, the rest of the year
1: okay
0: you know like no think about it Like you, we were talking about preston national park it's a nice, nice to see all the wildflowers there. I think it would be boring in autumn.
1: But no, this section with here,
0: that. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this section here, though, is the only bit of the track that is problematic in springtime because it's flooded. And then once you deal with all these, you know, if, you, if you've been diverted around onto roads beca- because of Lake Maringup, you now have even more roads to walk on. And that, to me, is unacceptable
2: On the for
0: a <laughs> for a, a supposedly world-class track. So, the, and there's, there's the fact that there's rapids along the track tells me that there's so much more to see here. And that this was done for expedience sake, not for the walker's
2: experience. Mm. I think we need to get Donovan some blinders just so he can't see what, <laughs> what he's missing. Just... Just eyes down, Donovan. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, to counter that, Ben, <laughs> did you find it as terrible as Don did? And do you see a solution around this problem?
2: Uh, in defense of, of that road section, it is well graded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has adequate drainage. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's a relatively straight line from where you, where you are to where you need to be. Uh, yeah, no, look, it's not great. Uh, but I knew it wasn't going to be great reading it. I knew it in the book. It said, Here's 8Ks of walking along a road. I was expecting very little, and my expectations were met. But that's
0: 8Ks walking along the road. Then you turn left and continue walking along the road. Yeah,
2: then the road gets a bit more interesting, doesn't it? It does get better. Yeah, yeah. Because then it goes up a bit. Uh, if I remember correctly, you go past some little dams um, with some suspect water supply. And um, then eventually, on the way to... Where are we ending up today? Mount Chance? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, then you, you do eventually return to the plains and onto a pedestrian track. And that's where it gets good. Yeah. It does get good there. Yeah. Yep. The approach to Mount Chance, shelter is nice. All that bit through the plains is great. Very overgrown when we did it. You had to charge through foliage, but that was still yeah. know, kind of fun in a way.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm fine with overgrown track. Yeah. Make it walking track and make it interesting, and this was interesting because I like that you got to these islands of forests, and then every now and then in these islands of forests, just where there's enough water, there's maybe one or two carries. Yeah, and that's really cool.
2: I do what I like about the road section um, is you know if you, you like something. About the yeah, road there, are, there are there there are pros. There aren't many, but there are pros. <laughs> well, uh, well, well drained. If you well if you wanna if you wanna bash out six k's now, you can do it. It's not that hard. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we we did push through this, but. I don't care about that. No, I do. Yeah, I, know, I know you do, because you're a long-distance guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I mean, it must be said that this is one of the longer days if you double into Walpole. Mm. This is 25 k's of hiking, so you do need some sections where you can bash out 6
2: k's an hour. Yeah, and uh, this day was even a bit harder for us because, A, it was quite warm, um, and, B, we had heard rumours that the Mount Chance shelter was out of water. Which turned out not to be true, the, tack was, uh, the tap was just a bit dodgy. Um, but as a consequence, we lugged like four litres of water on top of our regular daily water. So I think we are each carrying like six litres for that <laughs> whole day, which made it quite heavy. And then we got to Mount Chance and realised that the tank was actually fine. You just had to fiddle with the tap a bit. <laughs> um so Ben but had yeah. a,
1: a tougher day than
2: Donovan. Oh, no, it was and-
0: hot. It was hot and uncomfortable <laughs> in that day, which added to my
2: hatred for this section. Wow. <laughs> I'd have loved to have actually seen you on this day. Yeah. Just walking along with like, <laughs>
0: And, you, I mean, you know, you come from the Overland track and you do this and you just go, like, not world class.
1: I mean, not having the map in front of us as we're talking, would, would you be able to divert the track on boardwalk because this will then become flooded in winter and spring at a sufficient distance between um, Dogpool and Mount Champs.
0: So, the thing is, if you instead of crossing the bridge, if you follow the river, you come to the rapids and then I don't mind if you join the road at where it turns on to it turns off Marin Road a little bit of road walking I understand that there's no choice sometimes but if you make people walk and road this long, my question is then what's the, what's the difference between doing this and then just walking on a road in the city? Yes, maybe there's more forest, but the forest isn't that exciting. So what does it matter? It's just, there's just so much more that could be done here to make it more of a wilderness experience. When you, especially when you say, oh, this is the wildest section, of the track is the most isolated. No, but if you're walking on roads the whole time, that's not isolated. That's just not good enough as far as I'm concerned.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I guess we get to the hut. Yeah, so um, Mount
1: Chance. Um, you're kind of getting to these big granite domes that this section is now famous for. Um, the, the campsites are probably one of the, some of the best along the track. Um, would you guys agree that this is one of the better nights in this section? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely
2: my top five. Contender for number one, maybe, even. Oh, really? I really like
1: it. I would say top five for
0: sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just really like the the Granite Dome. It's a really easy scramble up to the top, and you have this amazing view over the plains, which is just stunning at sunset and sunrise, which is when you're going to see it if you're hiking. Um, And... In the morning we went up, we saw the mist all over the plains. You could see all the plain sections because they're just covered in fog. You can see where you've come from. You can see just an incredibly long way. I think we could see um, uh, Broke Inlet just, and it's just spectacular. You watch watch a good sunset up there. You see the the golden light hit the carry trees. It is one of my highlights of that whole Northcliffe to Albany section that I did was there. And also Woolbales the next night. Uh, which was very similar. It's just great. Love it.
0: Yeah. I think that this is, after hating the day, I, t- I thought, thank goodness that this campsite is amazing. And the view from there, like, it was so good. Like as you, as you say, like, I climbed it in the evening. I climbed it in the morning because it's that good. Mm. You know, like, I think as far as campsites go, there's very few that are as good as... Mount Chance,
2: Mm. and the the top of Mount Chance has reception for anyone who's planning, communicating, organizing drop offs Mm. or whatever.
0: And as you say, like look, the view out to the plains is like an African savanna. Yeah, like you can just see forever, and because of all the grasses, it's just this open landscape, and it's it's astoundingly beautiful. So, like I'll I'll say I hated the day, but the campsite is amazing. We have
1: Happy Dom back. Um, and just for the, the people that haven't done this section, i.e. probably me, uh, how far away is the top of Mount Chance from the actual campsite?
2: Oh, almost no distance. A couple hundred metres. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, you walk out of the hut, and within 20 metres, you're already walking up the granite dome, and then you it's two minutes scramble to the top. Yeah, There's no trouble at all. It, we, I went up and down several times over the course of the first evening we were there. So that's not a big deal. Yep.
1: Cool. Well, fingers crossed they get good weather in June, but you never know. Yep.
0: But we had, like, a really interesting experience that night because we had, like, a possum just, like, oh, scurrying around. Yeah. And it was just horrifying. So we had, like, there was an American lady who's um, uh, a through hiking veteran. She did the AT, and she came to do this. And this just this scream happened in the middle of the night. She's like, is that a rattlesnake? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it sounded like either like what we decided was is either an emu that was like around and it was just walking around or it was a possum that was just like because we heard this like scratch on the wall and <laughs> it just sounded horrifying but and Alyssa's like go check it out like no I'm not gonna go check that <laughs> well, you out you go check it out. <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> um, got some really nice tent sites that oh yeah, it does that, yeah So what well. I started my tent that night there's a little loop um, which is kind of ensconced in this grove of Carrie and other, other trees and stuff. Really nice. Definitely.
1: All right, and we move on to... I've got a tick on my little sheet here for this day because it's a happy Don Day. It is! It's the kind of the, the full-on pinger up Plains experience on this day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know, Don, you got some better weather.
0: Because it was worse! Because
1: it, yeah, because it wasn't super sunny. Let's put it that way.
0: It was really cloudy and rainy. And as a result, I think we got to see the planes at their best. So there's a photo I took of the planes as we left Mount Chance that is one of my favorite photos of the Bibbulmun. Ironically, because I hate this section. Um, And it was just like, I went, oh, I get it. I get it. I get why the Pingrop Plains are beautiful. I I finally see (laughs) some beauty in this horrible place. Um, Because... We had this this cloud and just this nice light and it just looks really lovely and then further along the track because it had rained there's just all these spiders in the plains and you don't see them normally because they're not wet but because of all the rain all the spider webs were visible and they're all these kind of orb weaver spiders and as a result I actually thought this section was really beautiful because of it. Because as as far as you can see, there was there were all these spiders, and you know that doesn't sound really great.
1: No, I understand because you see those like when places get flooded and the spiders like migrate to the trees, and then they just become giant webs. Yeah, I can I can picture that. Yeah, and just all the dew, it was just marvelous, and I went, I can I now see
0: some beauty to this section that I've so far hated.
2: And you do 8k more of plane, Which is all on walking track mm-hmm. um, Almost all And um, then you get to the road That leads up to the top of Mount Pingerup Which mm. is a, a short diversion That is definitely worth it I went up there and had a
0: Yeah, worth the side
1: trip
2: Had a yeah, morning break Kind of similar to the top of Mount Chance Except a bit higher um, And just another stunning view Good place for a break And you'd really be silly to, to walk that section And not take that little diversion Yeah,
0: I agree and mm-hmm. I, think, I think that that's the thing, that there's more of these side trips are, are good. Because as, as we've talked about, the one that's near Monad Knox is not marked.
1: Mount Randall?
0: Yeah, you know, like, I feel like it's a track that should be marked, so people have the option to do it. And it's great that in this section that there are these side trips, like Mount
2: Up.
1: So the walking from Mount Up onto Woolbales, what's that like um, for the rest of the day?
2: Uh it's kind of nondescript forest. Uh, nothing really that jumps out of my memory. Just probably more stunted Jara, um, which we know Donovan's not a fan of. Nope.
0: <laughs> but but look, I, I'll say I was in a good. I was in good spirits because yeah. the morning was so good. I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's yeah. it's not. I don't love it, but I'll forgive it.
1: Was and it, it's good to have shade. Yeah. yeah. Was it burnt though? Yes, it was. Uh, it was burnt, stunted, <laughs> like the worst of the worst of Jarrah. For when I <laughs> yes. walked through
2: it, there was this bizarre, really, really short section, maybe only like 300 metres, where everything was blown over like there'd been a big storm, but just incredibly localised. <laughs> I couldn't work out what was going there, like, it was like a, a UFO mate, landing yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Anyway. Interesting. And then there's, yeah, there's a wooden footbridge and then a bit more kind of Planey slash Jarrah. You know, currently decide what it is section, and then you end up at uh, at Woolbals Shelter. Yep, another great shelter. not yes. not for the shelter itself, uh, but for Woolbales which is the well, the, the Woolbales Hills, but the, specifically the Granite Dome right behind the shelter, which is uh, along the similar lines to Mount Chance. It just offers stunning views. is really really short walk from the campsite. Phone um, reception as well. Phone reception as well, although not as reliable as Mount Chance. Uh, Great views of the inlet Um, You can see 360 degrees So sunrise, sunset Is all just gorgeous there Mm. And just Oh, we went up at night And saw the stars And that was probably my Probably my highlight of the whole track Really? Was that one experience Lying on my back On the top of Woolbells Just watching the Milky Way Uh, It was a moonless night Just It's a spectacular Array of stars In the sky no clouds, just seeing them kind of revolve above you. And uh, that was unbelievable. You know, it was so clear you could even see all the, the nebula and stuff and the purpley bits and all the stuff that you normally only see in really good astro shots. nice, Unbelievable. And I was really con- I had the same thought that you had, Donovan, when I was up there, which is like this is a really unique part of Western Australia that you, you know, very few people get to see and it's only accessible by this very specific way. Um, and I felt really, really lucky to be there.
0: Yeah, I, I had positive feelings about this campsite. I think it's, you know, it's the least it's least spectacular in some ways. The campsite itself, like where the hut is located, yeah. is is okay. And especially because if you look around the other side of of the particular granite dome, there is a carry forest pocket, and I just kind of wish that they put it <laughs> over there. But
2: I don't know. Maybe there's reasons. I, don't I,
0: I feel like they went they wanted it to be different because otherwise it would be basically mount chance part two so because Which they didn't do that it was not
1: necessarily sense. a bad thing because i mean ben you had that as possibly number one and donovan you had it top two uh top five so mm-hmm. i mean
0: yeah but i mean it where the hut is probably located is good to get up to the top and the view is outstanding Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is very good, so it, yep. it is worth it for that. I climbed it twice in the day. Yeah, I'd was, say if you're gonna go it?
2: there, go there at sunset. Definitely be there for sunset. Yeah, go again after dinner when the stars are out, um, and then wake up early and go there again for the sunrise. Yep. unforgettable
1: Noted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in quite a good position here that I haven't done it so I can just uh, yeah get all yeah. these tips <laughs> or I- you
2: can even camp up there I think Bonnie was talking about camping up there but it was kind of too scratchy or something like that I can't remember but if you have a good ground sheet or something you could even just roll out your mat up there or if you don't have an inflatable mat as long as it's not going to rain it would be perfect
1: all right, so moving on from Woolbattles, this is quite a significant day, especially if you're doing a north-to-south end-to-end. And, Ben, I'm assuming because you're doing Northcliffe to Albany that this is the first time on the Billman that you had seen the coast.
2: Mm. The, this day was my low point of the entire track, not because of the track but because of the things that happened to me. Um, it, I misjudged the sand dunes and I... Uh, Pushed myself too hard in 29 degree heat and I ended up giving myself hyponatremia, which is when your um, blood runs out of uh, salt, basically, because I hadn't I'd been replenishing my water because I was very conscious about getting dehydrated in the sun but I hadn't been replacing my salt diligently enough. And then when I got to Long Point Shelter I'd planned to double all the way to Mount Clare that day um, But I got to Long Point at about lunchtime I felt okay, but a bit tired and then started feeling very, very weird, almost hungover. Mm. And then I started having like heart palpitations and I was worried I was having a heart attack. Um, I was actually quite scared because I was conscious of how far away I was from everyone and from any kind of help. So Bonnie had left
0: you at this Yeah, stage. yeah. No.
2: She she left at Madalow Beach. But anyway, maybe we should tell it chronologically. Um, <laughs> but look, don't underestimate sand dunes or salt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, the first part of the day getting out of Wool Bells, how's that?
2: Miss opportunity.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, walk past,
0: you walk past the Wool Bells, the track doesn't go over the Wool Bells. I reckon that this day would be way more interesting if the track actually went over those Wool Bells. There's a nice bit where you, you come down, you can see the broken lit, and it's along this granite expanse, but could be better.
1: So you're comparing it to the old buildman around the Mondanox where it, exactly. it went around Mount Vincent, Mount Cuthbert,
0: exactly. Like I feel like this is like the opportunity where, you know, you've been on quite flat terrain for a long time. You could have a Mondanox type experience by going over the Woolbells. Doesn't happen.
2: Ben. Wow. <laughs> Man, I feel like there's a great Donald Trump quotes you could appropriate and, <laughs> and <laughs> make them Donovan's take on these things. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's you know it's more, more pinger-up plains for a bit. Then you come across Cary Forest, and it's kind of a more substantial, enduring Cary Forest than you've seen before. It's not just little patches, and it's part of the first big landscape transition. If you've come from Northcliffe, uh, and then you get to the coast And you start seeing coastal scrub That's very burnt Okay uh, <laughs> You know, yate, bullich, all those kind of things uh, And you get You start hitting much more sandy Track, which is much more difficult And slower going to walk on Yeah. And you start seeing things like Tyres, which they put in there to try and stabilise it You start seeing things like conveyor belt Rubber, which they've just lain over Big sections Um and personally I'm not a fan of, of sand walking, but uh, it's kind of it, there's a reward in that it's it's kind of the, the you know, the, the harbinger of the of the ocean and you, you struggle through these bits and then eventually you get to a rise where you see the Southern Ocean for the first time on the bib track, mm-hmm. which if you've come all the way from Kalamata would be really momentous. Yeah. Um, and even just coming from North Cliff, it was momentous for us. And it was great. And then you then you get spit out at Mandalay Beach. So the Mandalay was a Norwegian trading ship uh, which was wrecked on that beach in either the late 1800s or early 1900s and there's a really interesting story of how the sailors all survived, I think all of them survived, and made their way back to Norway and it was quite a remote part of Western Australia at the time, it kind of still is but even more, Um, and you can read all about it on the park which is a really interesting stop and then you go down onto the beach which is very wild and very rough and then you climb a bunch of sand dunes for hours and hours.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I thought that we were almost getting there, but how wrong I was! <laughs> it was just insane. And there's like that bit I remember, not long after Mandalay, we have to really run up a dune. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're just gonna slide back down.
2: There's a lot of that. It's another place where trekking poles really help. Yeah. Do a bit of extra. You can use a bit of your arm muscles as well as your legs. Um, but it's, it's essentially up and down, up and down sand dunes for several hours. Um, (laughs) your, your k's per hour goes through the floor. I, I tried to stupidly make it up and I started going, I was really pushing myself to be at least above four k's an hour. Um, I was not stopping properly for breaks. I was just having quick chugs of water when I got to the top of sand dunes. And by the time I got to Long Point, which was supposed to be my lunch stop on the way to a double to Mount Clare, um, I sat down and I was feeling very exhausted, but, uh, I didn't think it was anything abnormal initially. Um, and then I sat down in the shelter, enjoyed the shade, and then my heart rate was not slowing and I was still sweating really profusely and I was starting to get a headache and I was still breathing really heavily and then after like two hours none of this had improved one bit my heart was still going like I don't know 120 beats a minute or something ridiculous like that and uh, I started to realize something was up Uh, and it was a bit scary because you're a long way from help out there and even with my PLB nobody's going to be able to get there in time to you know to save me from a heart attack and uh, I, I didn't even have the energy to have properly have lunch. I was lucky that there was a packet of shapes um, in my in the outside pocket of my bag, which I took out and forced myself to eat because I knew so I kind of had an idea of what was up at that point, um, which was basically that my body had run out of salt, mm. which I'd neglected. I was very conscious about replacing water because I was sweating so much, but I didn't account for all the sodium that you lose when you sweat and all the electrolytes that you lose which are essential as I have since discovered to regulating water intake in cells because if you don't have enough sodium the cells swell mm. and basically you feel like crap and uh, kind of like a really bad hangover um, but then I, I d- literally just sat on the, on the wooden boards of the shelter for probably 4 or 5 hours until it was nearly sunset didn't, didn't read, didn't do anything just sat there, I was feeling that bad And uh, eventually I got up and I decided, well, I've got to do something. I can't just sit here forever. So I decided to walk the one kilometre spur trail down to Little Long Point, which is something that Bonnie had made me promise that I would do. Um, And I considered reneging because I was feeling so bad, but I decided I needed to do something to test out my body. So I did a very slow walk out there and it turned out to be absolutely worth it because it's... Just an incredible spot. One of the great diversions of the Bib. It's a, uh, it's a point where there's these big jagged rocks that jut out into the ocean and they get absolutely pounded by these enormous waves. Um, and I sat there for about an hour and just watched it and took photos and just appreciated just that awe-inspiring power of, of the ocean there, which really makes you feel puny watching it, mm. um, which made me feel a lot better. And then I kind of toddled back to the hut, made myself dinner and, and went to sleep.
1: So, Don, how was your, your experience at Long Point? So, mine was
0: probably less scary. <laughs> but the walk into Long Point, you know, when you get to that junction, it's so long to walk oh, into yeah. the hut. It just, it's like more... Probably, I think it's more than 500 metres to walk to there.
2: I have to agree with that. It is ridiculously long. There's it, <laughs> like, 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 something <laughs> cruel about seeing the little sign with the shelter on it and exactly. then it not appearing for like <laughs> 10 minutes. like, I've been made a promise.
0: <laughs> and then... Um, So, I decided I was going to do the side trip, but I have the old chunky books, not the new ones, and it just made no mention of how long it was. And it's quite a long walk. You know, as you say, it's a K, so it's two Ks there and back. Mm -hmm. And I set off too late, and I didn't realize how long it was going to be, and I was wearing my, you know, very fashionable Keens campsite shoes. And it it just was too far, especially when there were so many new guides on the track. So, after I got to a certain point, I just went, you know what, this is not worth it. So, I had to double back, which is a shame because, as you say, it's supposed to be a fantastic side trip.
2: Mm. But Keep it on your list.
0: Something I want to go back and do.
2: Yeah. Really?
1: Because I thought you'd said that you would never, ever do this section again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I... I'll put it this way, I think that from Mandalay Beach onwards it has the character of the Walpole to Denmark section. Yeah. So like I feel yeah. like it changes from that point on to be like the section I love the most. Mm. Yeah.
1: What are you doing in in early June there? <laughs> you can come join me at Mandalay Beach. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I have the time. Yeah, I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do Long Point straight into Walpole. There is the hut at Mount Clare that you can stay at, um, but it is about twenty k's into Walpole from Long Point, so it's. I mean, ideally you would stay at Mount Clare because it is such a beautiful campsite, but just logistically it doesn't work out to make much sense to stay there after Long Point. Um, so Long Point to Mount Clare. How's the the walking there?
2: Well, I had planned to stay at Mount Clear. I'd planned to double past Long Point, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, So what happened was I woke up at like 2 a.m. having fallen asleep at sunset, which was like 6.30. And I was being dive-bombed by a squadron of mosquitoes. And I put some DEET on my forehead and that didn't stop them. And I was wide awake because I'd gone to sleep so early. And eventually, I was just like, "Stuff it! I may as well do it now." I don't want. After yesterday's experience in the heat, I was. I just wanted to. I wanted to get to Walpole ASAP so that I could have my town day because I really needed to recuperate and have a shower and go to a chemist and sort myself out. So I, I packed up at two a.m. and and started walking. So I did that whole section in the dark. So I probably can't say a lot about the beauty of it. Um, I can say it is actually quite nice in the dark. You get really cool ocean breezes. Uh, you have to swat a lot of spider webs off the trail because they all come out at night and cover the track, and the spiders are actually in there at night. Um, which is, I think I, ca- I was counting and I lost count at about 50 of the number of ones that I had to. There was no alternative but to tear them down because they were right over the middle of the track. I tried to avoid them where I could, but anyway. Um, and the, the forest had kind of a spooky dimension to it once i got to the to the taller trees around the deep river um and i remember getting to like the only structure along that point which is this weird little uh shelter which has like a single a single bar of or a single plank of wood to sit on so it's like 15 centimeters wide um with a roof Uh, which is in the middle of the forest before you get to the deep river bridge and that just looks so creepy at night with no one around (laughs) Um, and then I crossed the deep river bridge and started ascending Mount Clare which had a really spooky but atmospheric vibe Mm. at like five in the morning and I delayed my arrival into Mount Clare because I didn't want to get there before people woke up but that turned out to be pointless because nobody was there Um, And I had a a really nice breakfast there and saw the sunrise at that hut. And it is a beautiful shelter. And I wished I had made it there the night before and stayed there because it would have been a much nicer night than a long point. Mm. Um, It's near the top of Mount Clare. It's surrounded by very tall trees. It feels very ensconced in the forest. And if you do sleep there, you have the security of knowing that the next morning it's all downhill into Walpole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the great things about that campsite is the the tingle trees nearby. Oh right? yeah,
0: I think it's the better of the two tingle tree campsites because there's Tingle's at the Giants campsite, but I think that that's nicer there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's nicer there, and so we we didn't leave quite as early as you did, but we did leave. <laughs> we, we did leave early. We did leave before first light because we. We're really keen to get into town. <laughs> um, we had allowed ourselves eight days, but we decided, nah, let's push on because a warm bed awaited us in Denmark mm. as long as we finished. No, Denmark. Oh, sorry. My, my So my in-laws live in Denmark. Yeah. And if we pushed on, they were going to pick us up that day and we could s- sleep in a proper bed. Oh, very nice. So, proper People bed,
2: always push to get into town.
0: Yeah, proper bed beats... A lovely shelter and I do think that Mount Clare is probably one of the best on the track but sorry, a <laughs> real bed beats it.
2: Yep, yep it's yep. it's not in the best location because uh, so many of the people who go through it will not stay there Yeah, but there's a lot of huts like that.
0: But the, the deep river bit I've done now three times since well, three times including that time because I've gone and explored the Noites wilderness area which unfortunately has been burnt to a cinder but has some outstanding coastal views of it. So that's something that's worth checking out if you're interested in something different. There used to be a campsite at Noits Wilderness that people sometimes did as a side trip. But unfortunately, it's now completely burnt and is not very inviting.
2: Mm, well, it all looks the same in the dark. Yeah, true. So <laughs> for you, it would have been much the same.
0: Um, but the views... Um, on the night's wilderness, at the end of the of the just this there's just these waves just crashing into the granite, is outstanding. But um, I really think that the walking near Mount Clare is really nice. Like it's it's just that really nice thing of when you're in that open plains and the the dunes to get to Carry Forest. I think it always is that welcoming. I don't know. Like it's just something really lovely about it, and especially mm. because there are the tingles up there as well. It's it's really lovely
2: It's a day of contrasts It definitely, definitely. is Yeah, mm. the, the, the coastal scrub has such a different feel about it To the tingle forests uh, It's like you go from being very exposed To being very ensconced in this very thick forest um, And the animals are very different Spiders love the coast You don't see it, quite as many of them When you get to the higher elevations With the trees uh, Kangaroos tend to hang out more On the sand dunes uh, and As do the snakes Um, whereas you see more birds and kookaburras and things like that once you get to the forest it's great even in the dark I could feel it
1: Mm. I mean from Deep River because this is now one of the sections I can actually talk about Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it is quite a steep ascent to Mount Clare um, I've gone down it, I haven't gone up it. Um, what was that like compared oh, to some of the other climbs it, of this section? It's a push, you know, like it, it is quite steep. It's
0: especially, you know, if you've been spoiled by how flat the pinker blades are and then you've got the steep ascent, it's, it's mm. quite a change.
2: Mm. I recommend doing it before sunrise when it's nice and cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took it very slow. I was very conscious that my body was still weak at that point. I didn't want to push my heart or anything. So I was taking it very slow and taking lots of breaks. Mm, and, even in the dark.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to enjoy around there as well. as like, nice grassed areas in between, like, mossy forests. And, and it was kind of really overgrown, but not in a, a bad way. Um, it felt really enclosed is probably the best word for it, that forest. Yeah. I mean, I did it in summer, so I'm imagining in autumn it would be even better when it was cooler conditions. Mm-hmm.
0: And the summits, I mean, the the sidetrack to the summits a bit of a non-event
1: yeah it's, it's worth doing I yeah I did it yeah. I was wondering yeah, like even in winter it's better or if it's a clear day it's better but you kind of get to the summit of Mount Clare and you're like well, what am I meant to be looking this at this is here? trees yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: you get a better view from the John Wright lookout which is a little bit further down Agreed. on the way into Walpole yeah. you, s- you see the uh, Nornalup inlet mm. which yeah. is the bigger one um, yeah and the ocean
0: and the rate Stingle named the after Reds John tingle, Wright? Yes. named after
2: a very unfortunate forester named John Wright, yeah. who was killed by the trees that he discovered. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um,
1: but yeah, as you said before, then uh, walking from Mount Clare down into Walpole, all downhill, so plenty to enjoy from this section. Yeah,
2: that was the point at which, after having gone through the drama of the previous 24 hours, um, I felt like you're out of the woods. Not literally, obviously still very much in the woods. But, <laughs> you know, I was... Go on just a nice easy stroll, slow gradient down into town. You can see the normal up inlet from the right lookout, which is a few k's after the hut. Um, and then eventually you start to encounter more signs of civilization. You pass the highway, you see cars, and then you end up, you end up on the edge of the Warpole Country Club golf course. And you have to walk through the golf course for a bit. Yeah. At the time, they were doing a big burn off of rubbish. So, my welcome to Walpole was a giant pile of flaming <laughs> rubbish, <laughs> which was interesting. But it was, yeah, it, having come from a week in the wilderness, I was just so excited to see civilization.
0: I actually quite liked that section with all the paper barks there because we didn't have rubbish burning while we went through. It. <laughs> but it was really nice seeing all the paper barks and the boardwalk through the swamp. It was
2: yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you cross a you cross a bridge over the um, what's the river? Is it the Deep River again? No, it's not. It's no, something it's just,
1: else. I think it might be just be the Walpole River. Yeah, it yeah. might just be a bit of the inlet. But in- it's I'm like quite sure. a curved bridge. Yeah, there's yeah. a very yeah.
2: steep cut, almost like one of those Korean moon bridges. Yeah. Um, and nice spot to take a photo. And you feel like you're in town again. the The path starts getting paved. Uh, you start seeing joggers. And, and houses. And houses. houses. But, then, uh, and, but then, as always, it, it takes too long before you actually get to the of to course. the centre of town. You always feel like it's around the next corner. You're like, I'm going to go around this corner and there's going to be a bakery. It's going to be right there. And there yeah. is a bakery. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Um, and I, I felt very relieved to get into Warpole. I felt absolutely shattered after that experience. Um, and I checked into the YHA. I remember the guy who was behind the desk said, oh, have you just coming from Mount Clare? And I went, no, I came from Long Point this morning. And he was like, Jesus! Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know which why... Which is a long way to go. If, considering I arrived at, like, 10 a.m. Yeah, so, yeah. There is
0: this attitude of, like... Because um, in the books, they say, oh, it's worth breaking it up because it's quite hard. But I think it actually was quite an achievable 20... Case.
2: It was. It was very much. Um, but to get there at 10 a.m., I think it's surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah... But it, it, ironically, or maybe not, I you know, scrubbed myself up, had a bunch of food, and then the next day, which I know we're not going to cover, but was probably one of my best on the track where I felt the strongest, and I felt like I'd completely recovered. So obviously no lasting damage done there. And it's, it, it's one of the reasons why I think you should never quit the track on a bad day. Um, you should always take a day off, wait and see how you feel after you've sorted yourself out, and then if you want to quit, then quit. But that was one of those examples where... I don't think I ever really considered quitting there, but maybe if I had horrible blisters or I had one more thing, I would have. Um, but the next day was was amazing after having recovered. So hang in there.
1: Yeah, maybe you accidentally ingested a heap of spiders and got a lot of protein that yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs>
2: could have helped i don't know (laughs) no i had a 450 gram steak that helped (laughs) yeah
1: that always helps um i had a 10 on a plate plate? i was about to ask you yep 10 on a plate do you remember what kind of (coughs) 10 on a plate
0: no it was i think it was like probably like a steak and mushroom or a curry pie and a sausage roll yeah Yeah. good
1: all right right, we'll we'll finish there because it has been one of our our longer podcasts which i know we've trying to be cutting them down but it's it's been all right so we'll get some final thoughts about walpole as a track town
2: uh, we'll start with you ben uh definitely a better track town than north cliff it's um a tourist town it's got quite a few different things going on it's got i think two little supermarkets uh it's got a bakery it's got a proper restaurant called the top deck cafe which does a great steak uh, the inlet is quite beautiful um, you could even spend a couple of days in warpole rent a boat rent a little tinny or something and go explore the inlet I've spent weekends in warpole on houseboat which is a lot of fun um, it's it's got everything you need you can organize your resupply there you don't need to mail stuff to warpole unless you've got really specific dietary restrictions um, and if you want to take a you know two zeros in a row or something like that that's that's one of the towns where you can do it
0: yeah, I, I concur with a lot of what Ben said. I really enjoy the town. I think it's a very good track town. Last year, it was probably the place in Western Australia I've spent the most time in, in terms of repeat visits. So we, we did the Noites Wilderness track there. We did some day walking around there. And Mark and I have talked about doing some kayaking around there as well. A lot to see in, <laughs> in uh, walpole up <laughs> I think it's a great national park area.
2: Several accommodation options. You've got the youth hostel. Uh, There's a lodge, which is a bit more expensive. Uh, There's a caravan park out at Rest Point, which is a bit of a trek, but you think you can camp there. Uh, Is there anything else? Well... Maybe one more place. There is... Okay, one of the things I'll say. So the pies
0: in town are okay. However, if you have a vehicle, there's like an old bead shop on the side, but it's now become a bakery just um, east of Nornalup and the pies there are outstanding. So they do a, um, a smoked, a Jarrah smoked brisket pie. <laughs> Ooh. And, you know, I, I hate I hate burnt jarra, but good <laughs> God, it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and all their pies are great. So I re- really recommend that if you're driving, especially if you're someone doing, like, via you're touring or something, it's definitely worth checking out
1: okay cool alright and we'll finish where does Northcliffe to Walpole rate in the entire track for you guys near the bottom Near the bottom for Don, Ben?
2: Um, oh, jeez, this is a tough one. I'd say near the middle because it it's definitely got some of my favourite and le- least favourite parts of the track all in it. As I said, wool bales sitting on that rock watching the stars was probably my highlight of the whole track. The roads are quite boring, I agree with you, Donovan. Uh, maybe I'm not quite as vociferous as you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're not great. Um, I would say in the middle. I, I prefer it over the bits around Collie. Yeah. Which okay. I'm really not a fan of.
0: So Collier Bailing Up would be... Yeah. I think worse. Bailing Up is probably my... So I own. think the walking here is worse, but yep. the campsites are great, so that kind of maybe balances it out slightly. We put
2: it above Collier to Bellingup, I'd also put it above Denmark to Albany, which I really didn't write that much. But the best spot... Warpole to Denmark is my top. Uh, yeah, anyway. I agree. Short I agree. answer, in the middle.
1: And down the bottom for die. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just so much
2: opportunity there. It's, it's the part,
0: I think, emotionally... It, it, it cut more than, than Collie to Bailing Up, because I already felt this way about the track. But it was the point where I went, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid of this being a world-class track. This is the part where I went, no, this is not a world-class track. So it, it hurt more because I, The bibbleman meant so much to me and to no longer love it as much as I did. It, it hurt
1: more. Is this like the honeymoon phase is over and you start to see, like, the real
2: flaws?
0: This well, is the part where not only that, I was just, like, stabbed. Like, <laughs> I was. And
2: she took all your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you still
0: chased her to the end. Well, you know, I, this is something I'd, I'd set as a goal, so I, I was going to finish it regardless of how much I hated this section and some other sections but if
2: you're listening to this and you're trying to pick a section to hike uh, I would say don't do this as your first one, do do Walpole to Denmark that's one of the most stunning or Bailing Up to Pemberton or something like that Um, yeah,
0: Walpole to Denmark to me is outstanding and as you say, Bailing Up to Pemberton, that's my two favourite sections
1: Yep. okay, well on that note, thanks guys and thank you Ben for coming in
2: thank you for having me um,
1: we wish you a very happy PCT experience, which you're off in a couple of months to do. I am,
2: less than two months. Um, I'll be updating my blog, Going Solo blog, and uh, m- maybe I'll come back on when I'm back and tell yeah. you all about it.
1: Yeah. that'd be great. Excellent. Um, yeah, so give Ben's blog a follow, and I guess that's it.
2: Uh, so if you had any
0: questions or any suggestions for future pods, please email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying this pod, then give us a like and a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on. Thank you, everyone. And we'll be back in two weeks.